We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I run New York. I'm the, I'm the reason we're even here in the first place. I'm the reason everything, I'm the reason this whole thing is happening. If I wasn't here, this whole ship goes down. And that's the truth. That's facts. There's no one else out there. There's no one but me. I'm a bad bird. Lock your windows, close your doors. Get your smalls. Huh. Yeah. I'm a bad bird. We're here. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Shout out to all of the sponsors. Thanks once again. It's a crazy week to talk combat sports because our minds 
are a little bit of everywhere. But you know we have Conor McGregor making his NYC debut. We have to review the Pacquiao fight and what this means for him going forward. Cough, cough, Mayweather. Um, and there's just so much more. Wrestling has Survivor Series coming up. New Japan just had a huge pay-per-view. A lot of stuff to talk about on all fronts. But, Andreas, you've been very vocal on Twitter. The one thing we'll talk about as far as election on this week's show is how do we get over it? How do we get past it? Have we found that point yet? No. Um, no. I can't even put into words how this this completely blindsided me. I think I can speak for a lot of people where when I say I came into this uh, election with the utmost confidence that a misogynistic, racist, pig with a little experience could take a seat in the Oval Office. Um, I didn't think it could happen. And it did. Um, The silent majority read the rural white America came out to vote. Um, Some of us got a little bit lazy and complacent, and we watched... And Hillary Clinton was a pretty crappy candidate in itself. You know, know, say what you want, but she she doesn't connect with the people. So um, it all resulted in a shocking upset... Um, it's the year of the upset, man. Uh, the Cubs win the World Series. Uh, the Warriors blow a 3-1 lead. And now Donald Trump is the president of the United States of America. That's so how do we get... Michael Bisping is the champion. You are, you are so that, right. That, that too. Um, so how do we get over this? Is it, we, we don't. You don't, that's, you don't get over something like this. The, the thing is, you have to remember what got people like Obama in office to begin with and get vigilant and get back into... Uh, and be, being uh, active in your communities, because that's where it starts at. So unfortunately, you know, it shouldn't take an incident such as this. But I think we're all kind of guilty for falling asleep at the wheel here. And uh, watching as, as this man is now become the president. Like, dude, a reality television star who fails at business is now the president of the United States. This is bizarre. You can do anything in America. You have the money, you can do anything you want. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I hope, once again, just knowing his history as far as media manipulation, being a reality star, no different than the people on Love and Hip Hop, a lot of them play characters. I hope that he was just playing on the fears of those he needed to vote for him um, during this campaign. Now, do I feel like he, he's still kind of you know racist and misogynistic? Of course, but he's more vocal than anyone else before. And um, I, I hope that he really just played on the fears of the votes that he needed. He needed that rural middle class or lower middle class vote, the uneducated, the college educated vote. And those are the people who work day to day jobs. Those are the people affected by immigrants, you know, people who think their construction jobs are going to go away because people keep jumping the border. So he says he's going to build a wall. Um, you know, he, he says all of these things playing on people's fears. And fear got him elected. A lot of people said he offered hope. No, he, he kind of just played on people's fears. So Obama offered hope. This is a little bit different version of that. Both wildly effective, it looks like, because um, he is also a president. So, But one thing I kept in mind is it's four years. Our lives will be longer than four years. I swear it's not going to be eight. Um, so I, if he wins again... I don't know what the hell happened, but he has four years. Do do what he will. Um, um, it takes a lot of a lot of push. Granted, they have the Senate, I believe, and the House as well, so he can shake some shit up pretty fast in four years. But you can only reform so much. 
in one term as a president. We've seen that countless times. Um, George Bush Sr. tried a lot of reforms that eventually didn't get passed through because Republicans got out of office super quick. Um, and Bill took over kind of and did his own shit. So we can see that again. It's four years. It shows that you need a legit candidate to go up against someone like him. Um, hopefully we get that in four years and, and we push on. Well, one of the things, I don't think that this was all an act. I do think that a lot of the things that he's going to put into play in his first 100 days in office, he's going to stand by those things. Uh, with the House and the Senate, which is very disappointing that the, both the House and the Senate are uh, Republicans now, um, oh, Republican control. So there'll be no filibustering. If he wants to push something through, like uh, getting rid of Obamacare, which is a terrible name for a health care plan. He shouldn't name it after a president. But if he wants to do that, he's going to be able to do that. The pushback is not really going to be there. The things that he's going to want to do, there's not going to be a whole lot of pushback um, there. And the problem is, in this country, once you have four years of a president, it's very hard for there to be change in him, that individual to not get reelected. Now, that, that also means that, you know, everybody's, you know, the hip hop communities, the minorities, um, you know, uh, it, it just everybody needs to come together to make sure that doesn't happen. But a lot can happen in four years. You know, you have other countries. I have friends in other countries who are disgusted with us and, you know, their governments are going to be looking at us crazy because, I mean, look, North, North and South Korea have to be taking a very close look at us right now. This is a this is a president who says he's an advocate for war. He has no problem with the nuclear war. You know, he could be blowing smoke, but you can't, you know, other countries aren't going to take his threats as idle threats. So there's there's a lot of things that can happen here. Um, it's just it was really disappointing to watch how this all went down. And right off, you know, right off the bat, as soon as he gets in office, you see people that say that this is very similar to how we felt when Obama became president. And that's fucking ridiculous because Obama at least had experience just because he was black that he wasn't preaching hate rhetoric. That's crazy. Is this like uh, the equivalent for racist people then? <laughs> this is their Barack? Is that is that what they're trying to say? That's what it feels like. It feels like white nationalists. I mean, dude, we had the KKK endorse Donald Trump. We had David Duke on Twitter endorsing Donald Trump. The, like, His vice some, president wants to eradicate gays. Well, yeah, Mike Pence feels like you can <laughs> shock gays into becoming straight people. You know, Planned Parenthood, you might as well kiss that goodbye. There's so many things that are going to happen, and it's just— Which it's, is bananas, again, by the way. It, it's just really disappointing that this, this is how it happened. Um, but it, I said it from the, begin, the very beginning of this election, um, even before it started. When I first saw Trump, I was like, the one thing about Trump is he's, he keeps it real, and people like that. He says what's on his mind. Right or wrong, people like that about him. That is very Literally, true. Hillary Clinton is not a great orator. She's not nearly as dynamic as a speaker as Barack Obama. A lot of people haven't forgotten how she treated Obama when she was going to head-to-head -head with him for the candidacy uh, four years ago. So, you know, she didn't do anything to rectify the wrongs that she made while trying to run in opposition of Barack Obama. You know, you even go back to the super predator days with Bill Clinton or the three strikes or the enhanced drug laws. She didn't do very much to rectify those things. All she did was kind of uh, brushed it aside and, and just felt like that she would automatically have the woman vote and the black vote and the minority vote. Well, black and minority vote, same thing. But she, she just automatically thought she would have it and didn't do what, I mean, even she polarized people with Bernie Sanders as well and how she handled the Bernie Sanders situation because obviously she, she got the nod over Bernie Sanders because of superdelegates, which is the same thing as Trump beating her in the electoral college. It's yeah. a very fucked up system. It wasn't the 
popular vote per se. Um, it, it's weird, but she runs a campaign how she always ran a campaign. It's a smear campaign. That's her. Yes. That's her ace. It's it's no good. It's just not a way, it's not the way to handle it. Like I said, she wasn't good. Um, unfortunately for you women, you're not going to see a woman president anytime in the near future. This was this wow. was the chance. Well, California this- elected. Uh, I believe, like a senator, the first black senator or something. It's possible down the road. Yeah, but we you got a long way to go. Hillary Clinton had a ton of experience and a ton and a ton of recognition amongst the people. Whether that hurt or helped her is one thing, but the fact remains is that to in order to get another woman to run for president and have an, a, a shot, I mean, if Hillary Clinton couldn't beat Donald Trump, it's like not being being able to beat a monkey playing the symbols. That's <laughs> that's what Donald Trump was the equivalent of. Hillary Clinton could not beat him. She could not motivate and mobilize people to vote for her. This is the lowest voter turnout we've had in the history of America. I was just looking at the stats today. 46 percent. That's insane. I couldn't tell you what her platform was. Hers was. Like, it, it was such a shit show on both ends that it was just a lot of people. And I talked to a lot of people, a lot of my friends who voted for Barack, you know, who, regardless if they were Republican, Democrats, whatever it may be, just didn't vote at all. No. And sadly, and those are like kind of in our age bracket. Those same people, regardless they voted for or against Barack before, at least went out and voted. They just didn't vote. They didn't care this time. They're like, no one speaks for me. I don't want to vote for either of them. Hence, I'm not going to vote. It's just, it's, it, it, then when I, when people say, because look, in, in the year 2000, I was uh, in Vegas. I was part of the Rock to Vote campaign. I, had, I was one of the heads of the Rock to Vote campaign here in Vegas. I was, I was big on voter turnout registration. I, I did it even before I was of age to, of age to vote. Um, and I always said that, you know, voting is your right. You, you, know, you shouldn't feel like you have to do it, but just as much as you want to put somebody in office, you have to protect the office from other people. So as many people have voted for Barack Obama, you have to vote against Donald Trump because uh, you can't go out there and protest him winning if you didn't vote. And it's problematic. And, and there were people you know, like Colin Kaepernick, who Stephen A. Smith took the task, which I felt like was unnecessary. But you know, some people aren't going to vote, but you can't be mad. You have to understand why you're not voting. A lot of people just don't vote because they're fucking lazy. And that's really all there is to it. They don't want to get up and go to the polls. A lot of people don't vote because they don't know where their precinct is. They don't know where to vote. That happens as well. There weren't enough mobilization strategies in place that were previously to get people out to vote. Get out to vote rallies where you didn't hear about them at all. If you no. looked at, if you looked on election day, TV One had Roland Martin, but this wasn't the 2008 election or the 2000 election or the 2004 election where MTV and BET were simultaneously running Rock the Vote shows with people from the entertainment communities urging people to get out to vote. It wasn't happening this year. And we got lazy. And It'll happen like, in four years. I promise you it, that. It's going to, but then it's too late. Because when, once, once the mess gets made, it's, it's a lot harder to clean it up. Because Obama had a hell of a time cleaning up George Bush's mess. And don't get me wrong, I, I, was, I wrote a column a long time ago that said, I love Obama, but he can't do shit for me. I like Barack Obama, but on, the fact remains, the president is still a figurehead at the end of the day. But with that being said, he did a lot of good things as president. You know, he did some bad things as well. But now you get Trump in here, he's going to undo the health care reform. He's, he's going to completely undo that. I mean, he's not a likable individual. He's a pompous asshole. Who's and if you're a woman who voted for him, I question your existence. It's, <laughs> it's sad and ridiculous. Um, I know we don't need, you can't spend too much time on this, but 
You know, it's just like it's, it's a reality check for a lot of Americans to sit back and recognize that, hey, you know, we got to do more. We got to be more active in our communities. We got to understand the voting process because it doesn't start, you know, at the presidency. It doesn't it's not a top down thing. It's a bottom up. You know, if you want to see Cory Booker possibly run for president, um, people love Cory Booker. Well, African-Americans love Cory Booker. Then you have to understand what it took to get Cory Booker where he was. So the same thing, you know, unfortunately, Donald Trump has no experience and he came out of the fucking blue and became president. It's ridiculous. But this is how we got to look at this shit. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. He won't be our last president. Uh, you know, nuclear war excluded. So that that is the key. We you take the bumps, you take the lumps and then you, you keep it moving. True. And, you, and you go and you make it better. One thing before we move on is I put it on Facebook. I wrote like a, a whole little message about it. But I was talking to my daughter who's 11. They had a school election and everything. She's a Missouri, a Republican state. Um, but she, it, she even goes to like an all-white school district. And Hillary run, won the vote in her school. And she was just talking to me about it and why she voted for Hillary. And I just wanted to honestly know, like, yo, don't just go with everyone. Know why. Know the platforms. It was more of she wanted to keep Donald Trump out of office off of all the stuff she had heard and saw with her own two eyes. So I was like, oh, you know, she's smart and aware as a child and I was like you know what Donald Trump won and I talked to her after that and I was like yo you know what you don't have to grow up to be president anything like that but you have to know how important it is to vote and make sure things like this don't happen again and as mad as we are because we're adults and we know how it affects us immediately children now see it and hopefully they don't repeat our mistakes so for everyone complaining, if you have children, if you sit down, you make sure they remember this and we do not let it happen again, which is key. So um, I have faith in the future of it. You know what? Four years, whatever. We grew up in the 80s. Reagan was president. Can't do shit else to me besides that. Go to New York if you want to see the long lasting effects of Reagan. I've seen dust heads on the corner since 87. Same dude's been doing dust since 87. Was doing crack and coke and all that. You, Go watch a documentary on Reaganomics. So it is what it is. We've yeah. been through bad stuff before. We've come through it. It's gonna. It's not gonna be the last bad thing. We can't repeat mistakes, and that's what it comes down. True. And one last thing I want to add before we move on here is that, um, you know, I got a, a brief little Twitter exchange with some people about uh, Little Wayne the other day, <laughs> and and uh, you know, and I made a joke. It was just you know everybody was preaching free Lil Wayne, but Lil Wayne didn't give a shit about you when he had his Black Lives Matters conversation on Nightline. And we have to recognize that these things aren't cute. You know, when we see Lil Wayne say what he says as being one of the most prominent figures in hip hop, uh, it's not cute. And I'm glad T.I. took him to task for that. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because the people that you, you, you push, because Lil Wayne didn't get there because of white people. Lil Wayne got there because of us. And he ended up on top and then we don't hold these certain people to test. We, we shouldn't expect every athlete or every entertainer to be, you know, pro-black or, you know, civil rights movement. We shouldn't we shouldn't expect that from them. But what we should recognize is like when you have somebody at these the top, you have to hold them accountable because you help them get there. And it's the same thing with politicians. If you vote for them, you have to hold them accountable. And now that Trump is president. He needs to be held accountable for everything that he does because the shit that he did, he's going to do just like Lil Wayne saying hey, Black Lives Matter with that bullshit interview. That shit ain't cute. 
And we have to, he has to be taking the task. We just can't sit back and go, oh, that's nothing. We can move on. It doesn't work like that. We got to hold everybody accountable. We have to hold people accountable in our own communities for saying dumb shit. Because if you see somebody that's voting for Donald Trump, you need to question them why. Because Lil Wayne has a ton of influence. Other, other rappers and entertainers have a ton of influence. And I'm, like I said, I'm glad T.I. said what he has to say. We need more people like that. But we have to start holding people accountable for the shit they said. We just can't let it slide. No, nah, well said, well said. Um, now, we got to turn tides and talk about what we're here to talk about, man. It's combat sports. It's UFC week. We got to flip the switch. Got to get back into it. Something, you know, that was so exciting on Monday and Tuesday, early Tuesday. Yesterday kind of fell into a haze, even in New York, talking to people covering it. Um, BSO has someone there, everything on the ground. It's kind of like yesterday was just a wash. Um, but today yeah. it gears back up. People are getting excited. It's Conor McGregor. Uh, everything's going down there. We just saw a great fight last weekend. UFC Mexico card, uh, Mexico City. RDA versus Tony Ferguson. Okakui pulls that out. Uh, man, what a fight, though. Like, first and foremost, fight, what a fight. RDA oh, yeah. is still amazing. Tony Ferguson proved that he's a top-level fighter. Um, it, it's It's crazy. Where does he go now? What's next for Ferguson? Does he well, jump into a number one contender's role? This is tough. It all really depends on what, what Connor says and does. And, and that's really it. It's, it's Connor beats Eddie Alvarez. He pretty much decides who he's going to face next, face next, who very well may be Nate Diaz with the lightweight t- title in the trilogy fight. Because um, that's the moneymaker. And unfortunately, that could leave Khabib Nurmagomedov, who people are assuming will beat Michael Johnson, but we're not sure, uh, to face Tony Ferguson in a number one contender fight. The one thing that Tony Ferguson did say is that, you know, he's not going to call out for a title shot. He's just going to beat up everybody he has to do to get there. And I, I, I applaud him for that. And, I, you know, there's no sense of being frustrated anymore. You have to watch the money train and watch as it goes past and eventually you'll get your turn at it. Um, so Ferguson just got to – he just has to keep winning. If McGregor loses, um, it also puts him in an interesting spot because if Khabib wins, if Khabib will probably get the shot over Tony at Eddie Alvarez next. So Tony's in a spot where he's probably not getting a title shot. He's just going to have to either fight somebody to get a title shot. And it doesn't matter who it is at this point. I, it's really hard for me to see too many people beating Tony Ferguson. He's, There's no one else, though. Like, if Khabib gets the next shot, who does he fight? If Connor holds the belt, then it's easy. Him and Khabib go at each other. Winner gets Connor. Um, probably next summer. Yeah, I mean, that's that's likely, depending on whatever Connor's announcement is going to be, you know, after this fight. But... Uh, you know, kudos to Tony Ferguson, the guy from The Ultimate Fighter, who I saw in The Ultimate Fighter and was like, he's good, but I, I didn't see him being great. And he's turned the corner big time since having his first loss against Michael Johnson in his first, I believe that was his first UFC fight. And since then, I, was he won nine in a row? Yeah. He's just been on this ridiculous streak. And, uh, you know, uh, that fight flew under the radar because so much was going on. The elections were coming up. But, you know, this is, Tony Ferguson is a tough dude. And um, I foresee, so, I'm, I'm, He's one of those guys who I think may have gold wrapped around his waist. In it. I, I don't count. I'm not sure, but it feels like he may have gold wrapped around his waist sooner than we think. Yeah, he'll definitely – to me, he's a guy who will get two or three shots at it, which you don't see every day um, in any division for that matter. But you see a guy maybe like Rumble who's consistently at the top. He'll get two, two, three shots at the belt. You have even Big Rig for, what, two years. He got two shots at the belt. So you see these guys. Robbie Lawler gets multiple shots at the belt. You're, when you're just that good, you can take a step down, beat two more people, get right back to the belt. And I see that's where he is. 
no matter how it turns out. So it, it lends itself to eventually probably holding the strap. It's all dependent on Connor, like you said. If Connor wins, everything is out the window. If he wants to keep the featherweight title, he has to go down and defend that at some point. <laughs> yeah, the dude. I mean, whatever he wants to do, he's going to get to do. Um, before we talk about UFC 205 in depth, uh, I want to talk about John Jones getting hit with a one-year suspension by USADA for basically being a dumbass. Um, and I say that because he he took what he called dick pills, Cialis, and uh, <laughs> and those had the the banned substances that popped him for his drug test three days before his fight with Daniel Cormier. Um, my, the biggest concern that I have about this, it was the reason why I said a while ago that he should not get an immediate title shot, is how in stride he is taking his punishment. As soon as he got punished, he posted uh, a Dominican challenge with his daughters. He changed his, his, uh, his uh, Twitter avatar to the Jordan crying meme. And he immediately jumps into a grappling uh, match with Dan Henderson in December. This does not seem like a guy who cares very much about his future. Like, what the shit? Yeah. I can't explain it. Um, John lives in John's world. He doesn't, he doesn't understand that there are rules outside of what John Jones deems acceptable. Just the putting up the Jordan cry meme on Twitter is his main thing. It just shows it's all a joke to John. First off, you're 29 years old. How many dick pills do you need? <laughs> like how how many does it take to pop for a bad test? And he popped, I believe, what f- three weeks before the actual fight. It was June fifteenth. Well, yeah, is when he popped. The fight was supposed to be in July. Why are you just pounding dick pills? Like one, you've had the same wife forever. If you can't get up anymore, my man, that's called marriage, I guess. I don't the, know what to the, tell you. I guarantee, I can almost guarantee you, they were not for his wife. <laughs> This <laughs> she has to have questions right now. Like, yo, you pop for dick pills? Like, uh, she got to go on the Maury show. Like, yo, between this date and this date, we ain't even getting in. So what's going on? Bring out the lie detector test. Because John is just lawless. No one's asked John that question. Like, yo, John, all right, it was for dick pills. Um, how does your wife feel about this? Nobody ever asks his wife how she feels about anything. And his wife used to manage his career. I remember when I used to talk to John early in his career, I used to contact his wife to schedule interviews. I used to contact his wife for everything. So I feel, yo, nobody asks her anything. But she's got to sit here and be like, what the fuck? Again, <laughs> like, that's what she, like, yo, after the, the car crash with the strippers, alleged, um, and, and then you have the cocaine binge, which no one does crazy amounts of cocaine just by themselves. You have to do them off of women, I guess. So I've heard. Um, and now this, it's just like, yo, John, if if anything, he's like past Kobe Bryant levels of adultery. Like he's he, just smanging everything. This man is, he's ridiculous. He, and, and again, it being busted again for another year, which means he's eligible to come back in July because that's when the test, that's when he was pulled from UFC 200. Another year? Like it's like it's like when Chris Rock was talking about Michael Jackson, like another kid, like another, like again, like what do what do you do with John Jones? Do you let him anywhere near a belt? And I said it before, you don't put him in an immediate title. You have to force him to fight his way back into title contention. Yet they gave him an interim title and, and had to strip him, him again. 
It's like stripped for the second time. It's like this shit doesn't look good, Dana. I don't. This man is a walking thirty for thirty, waiting to happen on He's the. He's going to get an immediate title shot when he comes back. He shouldn't. He. I mean, he. Like I said, it's punishment. I don't care how good he is. Force him to work his way back. Force him to know that there are consequences and repercussions for the things that you do. Being suspended, like obviously Daniel Cormier, poor him. Because he's going to be another year older, and chances are he may not get another shot at John Jones. Because John Jones is still going to be young when he comes back. So it's like the, for for John to immediately jump back into the title picture. Shit, the dude might be a heavyweight by the time he comes back. We don't know how he's going to be, but he has to be punished. He has to be punished. It has to work his way. He has to fight Rumble Gustafson. Uh, whoever the hell else there is at light heavyweight, he should not be back into the title picture. He has to pay his dues and earn his way back to the top. There are going to be people who disagree with me for that because they say that he paid his his suspension. Fuck that. He needs to fight people he's to get He's laughing it. through this suspension. He's like, bring exactly. on the dick pills. Just no. He's going to get endorsement off of this shit. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know why. I don't know. Has Alice called him and say, John, we need you. <laughs> like, Yo, he'd need do that shit. Out. He'd be like, cut the check. I'm uh. there. Don't take the rinky-dink pills that I got popped for. Make sure you bring quality to the bedroom. And then just this, smiling next to the Cialis box. This man is... I mean, this with all the things that have gone on, I think it's lost how much of a travesty John Jones' career has become. Because we all have all recognized it. Like, if Conor McGregor weren't here, there'd be a lot more emphasis on John Jones. Oh, Conor saved him. Yeah, he did. But this is the uh, one of the biggest most tragic stories of, of wasted talent in sports. We're not just talking about like, we're not talking about like Ricky Williams. We're not talking about people retiring early, like Jim Brown and Barry Sanders. We're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about any of these people. We're not talking about Gilbert arenas. We're talking about a man who was not kind of on top of the game, who was the game, who ran the table on everybody and has now become a victim of his own idiocracy to, to fail. And he's it's, not it's, alone, though. The greatest, some of the greatest athletes in every sport have had this happen to their career. But this quick? And the most this, dominant. Uh, probably this is the fastest since Tyson. I mean, but Tyson even, even, was a little earlier, I believe, when he started he, wilding out. He went to jail, all that stuff. So it was earlier. Uh, Mayweather was later. Ali was pretty early. But, but once but again, he didn't do anything wrong, but it, still, it's a derailment to his career when it was at its height. So but, Ali, like, but look, look, like it's all around right, the Col- same damn time. But but if you look at it, like Mike Tyson was a flash in the pan. Mike Tyson, there are a lot of people who always questioned whether Mike Tyson would be great because he didn't really fight anybody great when he destroyed people. He was more of a um, an enigma more than anything else, and that's what shot him to superstardom. Uh, Muhammad Ali had beat Sonny Liston, and he was he got his best years, his prime years taken away from him because of a decision that he made to not you know go to war. Yep. Um, but you, but John Shit, Jordan Jones, left for two years. But uh, John he Jones lost the love for it allegedly. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, I mean, his dad died too. So yeah. Michael so, Jordan had, but John Jones, it's always a reason, had beat former champions. Had, had was on his way to becoming. It wasn't like an argument. He was on his way to being the greatest MMA fighter ever. There was like no argument because he already done the groundwork at such a young age. That's and like he can still be there. But that's like LeBron getting busted. You know, for and doing a bunch of dumb shit and watching two to three years of his career get derailed while he was in Cleveland the first time, right? Like that's that's like he was already at he was already peaking at that time, 
He just didn't, he wasn't able to get over the hump until he got to Miami. But John has already gotten over the hump. Why is he doing this now? Why Listen, is he throwing his screw in the trash can now? Same shit. It's, it's like Barry Bonds, though. Like Barry Bonds, like, hey, you got two MVPs, my man. You're going to be a Hall of Famer. He's like, yeah, but I kind of want to do these steroids. And, and, you know, just remove doubt. Sometimes when you're at the highest level, there's another level in their head that they think they can attain. Or they just think they're lawless. They're untouchable. They at least gods, Barry, they think. At, at least Barry wanted to be better. <laughs> like Barry was, <laughs> Barry went out there and won his MVP awards as a Pittsburgh Pirate and was already on his way to being one of the greatest baseball players. But he wasn't. Nobody thought he'd be the greatest baseball player. Like John Jones, in the short tenure that the UFC has been around and mixed martial arts as a sport, John Jones had already passed Anderson Silva as the greatest MMA fighter ever. The only person who was left to argue with was George St. Pierre. That was it. But he had already beat a bunch of former champions. All he had to do was stop fucking up. And he can't do it. He just can't do it. He's, a, he, he's immune to, to staying on course. Cocaine, women, crashing Bentleys. And then he's a, oh, he's a fraud. I mean, his personality. But the greatest talent to grace an octagon is, is just going to waste another year of his career on the sidelines for doing dumb shit. He didn't take steroids. He took a dick pill. He did cocaine. He, I mean, come on, man. This guy's ridiculous. Next level stupidity. It ain't going to change. Just gear up for the ride. There's only more to come. Ugh. All um, right. 205. Yes. John Jones ain't on this shit, but we still got to talk about it. Um, once again, Saved by Conor McGregor. I put out an article on BSO talking about how just he changes the lives of everyone who fights on his cards. I think after I crunched the numbers and everything, fighters on average saw an 8% boost in their salaries by just fighting on the same card as Conor McGregor. Let yeah. alone the person who fights him, which is like winning the lotto. It's Willy Wonka's golden ticket. If you restructure your contract to get paid more when fighting Conor McGregor, which yes. kind of I mean, alleges or, that he did not. I mean, once again, Nate did it for his first one either. Yeah. Nate took the 500. Because it was late, and that's what you get. So he took the 500, automatic for a title fight. And then the second one, restructured and got that dough. So if Eddie believes he can beat Connor and it's a close fight, maybe they run it back and Eddie restructure it. He should have restructured already. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. But he's um, going to get the 500, and he's going to keep it moving. Probably no pay-per-view yeah. points. Yep. So that's... <sighs> It's still one hell of a thing to fight Conor McGregor. Everyone on this card knew it. They want to be on New York card anyway, but we see people with no affiliation to New York hopping on this card. It's the McGregor effect. Yep, pretty much, man. Everybody wants to be on this card. It's, it is easily the biggest UFC card in history. Like, 200 just got smashed by this card. Oh, 200 got washed by 202 damn near. Yep. 200. True. 200. Once again, I, I attribute it to doing so well because McGregor was supposed to be on it and people just couldn't get refunds and shit. <laughs> like he still helped it be one of the biggest cards ever. That's yeah. how impactful he is. So it's, it's monstrous. I can't wait to see how many Irish fans now they're on the East coast now. Shit. That's nothing for them. They traveled to Vegas before. This is going to be crazy. So, this is, yeah, this is big. The atmosphere, we're going to see the press conference here shortly. It comes on after we record the podcast. But McGregor, like he said, he is the king of this. 
Right now, he's the king of the UFC. Now, I don't even think a loss can hurt him at this point. Um, he's traveling through so many foreign territories and divisions and everything. As much as people want to see GSP versus Anderson Silva and those guys compete at higher weight classes or lower weight classes, just do whatever you can to grab multiple belts. And they just never had the foresight to do it. They thought the loss would be crushing. He doesn't care. And he's at the point where losses don't hurt him. Well, a loss will hurt him. It'll definitely hurt his worth if he loses to Eddie Alvarez. Um, it won't, I mean, the fans will give him another shot, but if he loses two in a row, it's over. Uh, but, yeah, this, this is interesting. Should we Should we preview and pre- should we predict this card right now? Yeah, yeah, let's go down to predictions. Um, I, I guess we start from the bottom. Every fight kind of means something on this card. Yeah, start from the bottom up. Um, Liz Carmouche versus Caitlin. Chook again. Chook again. Chook again? Uh, yeah. So, Chukagian? Yeah. I'll, I'll learn that sooner or later. <laughs> Caitlin, you win this, I'll learn your name. Yeah, well, she won't. Uh, Carmouche <laughs> should take this fight. Uh, Caitlin, I've seen, seen her fight before. There's nothing to write home about. Um, this is your, your starter with women. It could be a, a fun fight, but uh, yeah, it's going down. Uh, I'm going to pick Liz for this. Yeah, I'm taking Liz as well. Um, Liz, that division's so wide open and all over the place. It takes two fights. You get a title shot. You get a you know a random knockout, and you're the champion. So who, who knows what Liz can do? Um, I think this is her first her first win though. Um, next up, we have a lightweight match: Jim Miller, Tiago Alves. Not hmm. as clear cut. <laughs> well, yo, okay. Tiago Alves and Jim Miller both fought around at UFC 100. Uh, Tiago Alves fought J- George St. Pierre as a welterweight. Alves coming down to lightweight. Um, I've heard previously his struggles with weight, but the dude is a, is a, a monster in terms of, of violence. Um, but Miller just seemed like he's been on a nice little run here lately. Uh, he, seems, he seems like he's uh, aged well in the octagon. Like He still keeps it up. But for the sake of violence and for the sake of smearing blood on whatever color the canvas is, I'm going to pick Tiago Alves in this fight. I was leaning toward Tiago Alves as well. Um, I'll go split decision just because, like, I, it's a close matchup. Jim Miller's not a pushover. It's one hell of a, a fight pass main event. Um, you know, some, some other fight had to get bumped up. I'm, I'm surprised they left this one down, but they love to get those fight pass views. So um, I, I'm fine with that. I'll pick Tiago Alves as well. Uh, Vincente versus Bilal Muhammad. At welterweight, the first FS1 prelim fight. Oh. Yeah. Well, Vicente Luke and uh, Bilal Muhammad, Bilal, I believe, has only lost. Uh, um, he hasn't lost. He's un- unbeaten. And Vicente has only lost one fight. Uh, it's a pretty evenly matched fight, but I'm going to pick Vicente here. Um, oh, I'm picking Bilal. Bilal's knockout power is pretty pretty good the past couple of fights, it's, at least in the UFC. Yeah, I don't know. It, this is this is an interesting fight. I think uh, Bilal lost to Alan Alan Juban. That's who he lost to. Alan Juban. But um, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Vicente Luke. Uh, I'll take him there. <laughs> I mean, it's close though. A lot of these fights are close, and that's one thing you'll notice on this card. It's great matchmaking for this card. Um, not too many just runaway blowouts in this. No, not at all, not at all. And the odds makers are, are on the ball. This like if you're betting. It's not a lot of value in a lot of these fights because they, a lot of them are very close to call. Yep. Middleweight fight next. Rafael Natal, Tim Bosch. Um, hmm. uh, 
I've, I've been on the Rafael Natal bandwagon. Tim Bosch is not appeared to be the same. I'm going to pick Natal in this one by decision. Oh, yo, you don't have too many finishes. No, not yet. Um, no, I'm. I'll pick Natal as well. Bosch just came off of a TKO win in his last fight. Um, I don't know who was. I think Josh. Josh Simon? I don't know. He knocked someone out his last fight. But before then, he lost like four straight. So I'm not giving someone a nod off of coming off of, you know, losing three fights or three of the last four. So Natal can get this one. I'm not expecting this to be that amazing of a fight. Um, it sucks that we lost a fight on this card, yeah. which is Rashad Evans. Um, even though I thought he was going to get knocked out, it would have been great to see. So now... Kind of a toss up there, uh, but now is where stuff really takes off. After the Natal fight, you better just glue your ass to the seat. If you got to use the bathroom or anything else, do it before that. Because after this, you can't miss a minute of action. Um, next fight, Khabib versus Michael Johnson, the Eagle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Khabib and Murgamedov. I mean, you have to pick him here, right? I mean, how do you pick against him. Khabib? Yeah, um, <laughs> Michael had a great knockout. Last time, I don't think he's gonna have enough time to even stand up and trade. No, I think Khabib grounds him out, uh, out wrestles him, um, neutralizes anything he has with the stand up, and uh, pretty much dominates his fight. Another decision victory. I don't see Khabib knocking out Michael Johnson. It could happen, but I feel that Khabib will just dominate him for a three round uh, unanimous decision. Um, I have Khabib getting a stoppage, but it's just TKO. Like he gets the back of Michael Johnson, and the ref steps in. I don't think Khabib just flat out knocks people out. Um, but, you know, he's just going to grind on. And you can't get him off. And he's just going to beat the hell of him. It's going to be too much punishment. Uh, decision is very possible, but I'll take, you know, the TKO in this one. He has to make a statement. And that's why. He has to make a statement. We saw a statement already by Tony Ferguson. If he wants that next shot, he has to make sure he puts an exclamation point on it. And this is his chance. So I think he gets the TKO. Uh, next, featherweight, Frankie Edgar versus Jeremy Stevens. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> um, I mean, this is Frankie Edgar's fight to lose. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is, you know, is a hellacious puncher. I, I've liked Jeremy. He comes out to real motherfucking G's on occasion. But uh, <laughs> Frankie Edgar is, is, is the guy here. Uh, you know, he, uh, he looks like he's going to go might consider going back to lightweight to chase Conor McGregor. Who knows? But uh, he'll need to make a statement here. And I'm actually picking Frankie to knock out Jeremy in this fight. Oh, I have Frankie by decision. He's just going to wear him out. Three rounds is nothing to Frankie. He's laughing at this shit. He's like a three-round fight. I don't, I'm not sure when his last three-round fight was. I don't know either. He's one, two, three. No. He hasn't been scheduled for a three-round fight. Since the BJ Penn Ultimate Fighter finale. Nope, that was a headliner. He just got him out of there. What UFC 162, July 6th, 2013, was his last scheduled three-round fight. Kick yeah. for Frankie. He wins easily um, and, and gets people ready for the pay-per-view. He's back home. His fans are going to be rocking. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Um... um Main card time, though. It's what we all came for. Pay-per-view. Misha Tate versus Rocky Pen Pennington. Um, I have Cupcake winning. To me, Cupcake only loses to the highest of the high, and this isn't that. 
I think she really wants to set herself up for a future Ronda fight, and I don't see why not. Um, Cupcake has since become a bigger star than she ever was when she fought Ronda beforehand, and I think Ronda has the confidence that she can beat her, so I think sooner or later, they make that one happen again. This is the first step towards that. You know, I have a hard time picking Misha Tate in this fight. I, I've, I've liked a lot of what Rocky Pennington has brought to the table in his past few fights. She's shown a ton of diversity. Her ground game is getting better and her striking is getting better. I'm picking the upset here. I'm picking Rocky Pennington. Um, I think the student from the Ultimate Fighter is going to beat the teacher. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think even though, even though I, I, I truly believe there was something wrong with Misha Tate heading into the Amanda Nunez fight. From the time she walked into the cage, she just didn't look right. Um, and I think that is what led to her device at UFC 200. But I feel like, you know, there's this aura of confidence that surrounds Pennington right now who almost beat Holly Holm that I feel like she can, she can win a decision against Misha Tate. So I'm going to go pick, pick Pennington here. Wow, going with the upset. Yeah. Um, nah, not bad. Look, someone's going to put money on that thanks to you and cash out. Uh, next match, welterweight, Kelvin Gastelum versus Cowboy Cerrone. I, I got to take Cowboy. Gastelum, once again, he's had some really good fights. But Cowboy presents just different striking. Um, we'll see if Gastelum comes in on weight. <laughs> That's something we don't get the luxury of seeing before True. the show. If he's heavier, maybe Ca- Cowboy have some problems. Cowboy's crazy ass is going to fight him anyway. But Gaslam, I mean, listen, he has a loss to the current champion and Neil Magny, who was on a crazy run, and that was a split decision to both. So he's held his own. He just can't hold his own against the scale. Um, Cowboys look good at the weight. I'm going to just take him just because he's more consistent. I know what I'm going to get. Well, yeah, I'm picking Cerrone. At welterweight, Cerrone's look like a, a revelation. He's, I mean, he does this a lot. This, this is the Cowboy way. You know, he he's, goes on these streaks where he just starts rampaging through people. Then he grinds to a halt against a champion or somebody close to a champion. But this won't be that, that time. Cowboy is a much more diverse striker. Uh, his ground game severely underrated. And uh, Gaslin, while he's a great wrestler who can put you on the ground, I don't think he'll be active enough to beat Cerrone. I don't know if we'll get a finish here. Uh, I'll be surprised if Cerrone can finish him off, but uh, I'm picking. I'm definitely picking Cowboy here. I think he's he's only on the sports because he's like a minus 150 or something like that. And I'd put money on Cerrone in this fight. Yeah, Cerrone. I'm, to me, Cerrone's on one of his hot streaks. Like you said, I don't see him slowing down. Um, next nope. one, a little tougher to call. Even that one's tough as hell. This one, I just don't even know. Middleweight, Chris Weidman versus Yoel Romero. This is hard for you to pick. I'm this, picking Weidman. This is hard this for is, me to pick. I this is easy for me. I've watched a lot of Romero, man. He's he's a big dude. He's heavy, and to me, with Weidman, I always said he has trouble with people who are his size or bigger. He does one hell of a job picking on small people, um, the thinner guys, I should say, not even height wise. The thinner guys, he enjoys success against. Um, I'm not sure if I like him in this match. I I don't know. It's not close enough to the fight. Fuck it. I don't want to be wrong, so I'll pick Chris Wyman. But Romero has one hell of a shot in my mind. I I don't see Romero having much of a chance, and here's why. Um. 
The only person I thought could be Chris Weidman was Luke Rockhold because of the fluidity in Rockhold's striking, the fluidity in his game, his ability to go from grappler to striker at the blink of an eye. That's what Rockhold's always been good at, and that's what I felt would beat Chris Weidman. Romero's very robotic. He fights in either – he's either going to wrestle you to set up his strikes because he doesn't use his Olympic caliber wrestling really to grind out the fight, or he's just going to hit you with that overhand right. There aren't too many ways that Romero wins a fight aside from that. Yes, he caught Leota Machida. Yes, he barely got by Jacare, but he got smoked by Tim Kennedy in a fight that he, he should have lost if, if the referee had stopped the fight. Against Weidman, I feel like Weidman's an exceptionally big middleweight, and he'll be able to use his size and, and, and press the action and wear down Romero because we know his conditioning is absolute trash. And in the, either... Late in the first round or in the early second round, Wyman's going to turn, crank up the accelerator a little bit and either and score a knockout. I think he's going to finish Yoel Romero. I don't think this fight's as close as people think it is. And I like Romero, but that, that conditioning's been a problem, and he's just very robotic. Conditioning's been a huge problem, but in a three-round fight, he better— he's had, he's had problems in three-round fights. He gassed against Kennedy early. He gassed. He was tired against Machida, but even though he paced himself, he was tired. Wyman's not going to give him that luxury to sit back and try to figure out what he wants to do. Wyman almost dares him to take him down because with the one thing we still have not really seen out of Chris Wyman is his, his grappling ability. His, he, he's got world-class grappling. And Romero, again, an Olympic wrestler who doesn't use his wrestling pedigree to score points. He uses it to set up strikes. So I feel like Chris Wyman is going to – he's just going to mow him down. That, that, that the three rounds is going to be a hell of a long time for somebody who's going to be in your face for those three rounds. Wyman doesn't really back off of his opponents. He's in their face. So I'm picking Wyman here by finish. All right. Well, whew, I'll, take, I'll take Chris by decision. Man, I don't know. I like what I see from your Romero. Um, women's strawweight fight. This one's not close for me. Championship match. Joanna versus Carolina. I'm taking Joanna Champion easily. I'd say with a finish, third round. I'm not. I say Joanna's going to win, but I think Carolina uh, Kawakewicz's striking is severely underrated. She's unbeaten. And Joanna, when she has to stay, like, she took advantage of people who couldn't strike with her. Carolina can strike with her. And that will lead. I still think Joanna's going to win, but I think this fight is actually going to be pretty exciting. And it's going to be very dependent on Carolina's conditioning down the stretch. Because we all know that Joanna, if she wants to, she'll crank it up another notch midway through the third round, like she did against Claudio Gadeja. So I figure that Joanna's going to win, but I think this fight might be a little bit more closer than people think. Joanna didn't look great against like Valerie Letourneau, for instance. Um, she has her times where she fights people which she doesn't look as great as you want her to look. And Carolina's undefeated. Two Polish strikers, a lot of Polish pride in this fight. Um, but yeah, I think Joanna will pull out the decision, but it's gonna, I think it's a very intriguing fight. See, after watching tons of film on both of them this week, Joanna's hand speed, striking speed is so much faster than Carolina. It's incredible. Carolina is a pressure go-ahead fighter which helps her against a lot of women who aren't used to that pressure. But her hand speed isn't fast enough to trade punches. She'll, get, she'll give two and get four back, five back. Um, Rose, to me, probably won the first second and second round after I just watched that fight again. Yeah, Rose I mean, definitely yeah. won the first. The second was the toss-up round. And I'll give that one... They give that one to Carolina, I'll give it to Rose. 
So it's yeah. that close of a fight between her and Rose, and Rose could have beat her. To me, Rose in the second, Rose gassed and clinched with Carolina, and Carolina was able to knee her and do short, short punches and elbows to steal points in that round. At a distance, Carolina couldn't mess with Rose. And Rose is nowhere near as good as Joanna. So I expect this to be cake for Joanna because the hand speed and everything else, it's night and day. They're both very good strikers. The level of competition, to me, isn't the same. But when you put them up side by side, watch film on both of them, you'll be like, yo, this woman has nothing at all for Joanna. It's just night and day, the speed difference in this fight. So I'm picking Joanna pretty easily to win this one. Um, all right. Next one, welterweight Tyron Woodley, friend of the podcast, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I mean, I'm not wavering from what I said when we first started this podcast <laughs> that Wonderboy will be the welterweight champion. He's going to knock out Tyron Woodley in this fight. It's, <laughs> this is this is almost in, as much a dude. I hope, like, if Tyron was even listening to the show, I hope he doesn't take it personally. But I don't think anybody beats Wonderboy at welterweight right now. Ain't Nobody. I just saw Trump win. But yes, I, I damn near agree. This I just don't see it happening. Um, um, Tyron Ty, Ty wants to stand there and strike with him. He's going to get killed, and he's going to have to wrestle. And, and and Wonder Boy has been working with guys like Chris Ryman on his takedown defense. And we saw how good he looked. Their common opponent is Rory McDonald. Wonder Boy took him to the to the woodshed, and Tyron got soundly beat. So if you want to use that common opponent thing, Wonder Boy has an advantage. But this is just a guy that you can't strike with. You know, Wonder Tyron Willie says he's gonna knock him out. How? Wonder Boy's never been beaten in a kickboxing match. That's ill advised. Like, don't don't do that, Tyron. Just, you're <laughs> fast, but just don't do. That. You don't. have to wrestle him. That's the only way to beat him. Yeah, um, I agree. I said Wonder Boy will kick his face off. I believe that's gonna happen. Um, I do think Damian Maya presents a very tough task if he was ever to face Wonder Boy, just because. People who are not only good wrestlers, but submission guys always intrigue me. Yeah, I mean, that, that, could, that could be interesting. But again, it's just one of the, like, Maya's the type of person that if he can get Wonderboy down, he has a straight, a great opportunity in beating him. But it's just, Tyron Woodley is like, every fight's got to start standing up. And Woodley is falling in love with his hands, especially after knocking out Robbie Lawler. So he, he thinks he can knock Wonderboy out. I hope he doesn't really think that. I hope it's mind games. But this is going to be, this will be rough if Tyron chooses to stand with him at any point in this fight. I think he is, and it's going to be rough. Um, main event time, Eddie Alvarez versus the notorious Conor McGregor moving up. I'm taking Conor, first round KO. It is what it first? is. Fuck it. First round KO. Um, I did a full article on why this fight wouldn't go past the second. 90% of Conor's fights have ended before the third round. 66% of Eddie Alvarez's fights have ended before the third round. That's one hell of a percentage when you put them together. And I'm yes. going balls to the wall, first round knockout. Definitely not going to the third, tell you that much. Um, I don't know, man. Connor's had I'm two th- fights that gone past the second round, by the way. One, he had a torn ACL. The second, he just had last time at yeah. 170. Well, I think there's still questions about how the weight is going to affect Conor McGregor. Um, this feels like this is the weight class for him, where he'll still be very strong. Um, truth be told, you know, Eddie Alvarez and, and Nate Diaz are two completely different fighters. Nate Diaz, uh, 
can absorb a lot of punishment. We really don't know how much punishment Eddie Alvarez can absorb. But Eddie Alvarez is a grinder and he's a fighter. And that could spell his demise if he comes out swinging and gets caught with one. The problem I think everybody has with McGregor is they underestimate his punching power. Like Josie Aldo went out there, underestimated everybody he fought. Dustin Poirier underestimated, Dennis Seaver. You go down the list of people that have fought Conor McGregor and they have all underestimated his punching power and ended up getting hurt when they traded punches with Conor. Eddie might do the same. If he's smart, he puts his head in his chest and pushes them up against the cage and tries to get him into those in deep water in those late rounds. And I think that's what his, his corner is going to have to tell Eddie. Calm down. Relax. Let Conor work himself out. He, like We have to test his conditioning. Trading punches with him is going to get him smoked. Um, with that being said, I'm picking Conor with a second-round finish. Uh, I think that that chin of Eddie Alvarez has been tested a lot. Uh, he got, you know, he's been knocked out by Michael Chandler. He lost his first fight in the UFC to uh, Donald Cerrone. Um, he looked good against Pettis. He had the perfect strategy for Pettis, which is put his head in his chest. He looked solid against Melendez, but I think the the, the gravity of the moment is going to overwhelm Eddie Alvarez, and he's going to get into exchange and he's gonna get himself fucked up. <laughs> yeah, definite KO, um, in my opinion. And Connor makes history, first simultaneous champion. So that'd be one hell of a press conference. We'd still have Conor McGregor announcing his huge announcement after that, which I'm sure we would all be glued to the post-fight press today here. And uh, that's pretty much UFC 205. We talked about everything we need to talk about. We have to take a break. So you guys listen to this survey real quick. Please help out the show. When we come back, we're going to talk boxing because we had a match last week and we have a match next weekend. Good amount of stuff going on in the boxing world. So stay tuned. We'll get right to that. Listen up, because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. If you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like. And then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Told you we'll talk a little bit of boxing real quick. And that's what we're here to do. Nonito Donaire took the L. Mm-hmm. Last week, uh, we were both there to see it. Um, I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm not sure if he fights again. Yeah, he fights again. 
What? Look, I mean, nah. come on. Look, look. Nonito Donaire lost to Jesse Magdalena, who is the brother of Diego Magdalena, who is the much better brother in the in the uh, the much better brother of the two. People who watch boxing knew that Jesse Magdalena was going to eventually be a world champion. Nonito Donaire didn't look like a shot fighter. He looked like an older veteran who didn't who kept the fight close in the later rounds. Oh, he looked slow though. But he looks slow against Jesse Magdalena, who's ridiculously fast. So it's not the end of Donaire's career. Donaire still, I think he's only, what, 32 or something like that? Um, he's, he's still got a lot left. And, and he can still win a world title. He's, he's that caliber of fighter. There's, there's no way I can write off Nonito Donaire after l- losing to Magdaleno. Like a top-tier expected world champion, Jesse Magdaleno, beating Nonito Donaire is not surprising. Um, and, and it was, it was a good fight for what it was. It's just, yeah, you could, you could clearly see that Donaire had a difficulty, difficult time adjusting to Magdaleno's speed. Um, but yeah, he fights again. No problem. I don't know. It's when the speed goes and you're in a lighter weight class, it's, it's rough from that point on. Um, the other guy we definitely know is fighting again is Manny Pacquiao. Headline the card. I wasn't overly enthused with his performance against Jesse Vargas, but he got the belt. He did what he came to do, and it set him up for, you know, even bigger fights in 2017. Man, he's not going anywhere. 38 years old and all. Well, yeah, the big story was Floyd Mayweather showing up ringside to take his ringside seat. He blew us all away when he walked into the arena. Uh, I noticed the security, and then uh, Gareth Davies looked at me. He was like, is that Floyd? I was like, dude, Floyd doesn't come to, to May- uh, you know, anybody's fights but his own. Um, so him showing up was a big deal, uh, and it obviously you know puts the, the gets the wheels turning for a Mayweather Pacquiao fight. It's a fight that nobody thinks. I wrote a piece. Nobody wants to see this fight until it happens. Until they, when they book this fight, people don't want to see it because all the idiots in the boxing, not even and outside of the boxing world, will be talking about it like it matters. That is it. Um, Skip Bayless was already shouting. Manny's shoulder was hurt. Give him another nah. chance. Okay, so here's the bullshit about it all. Yes, Manny Pacquiao, part-time pugilist, part-time politician, beat Jesse Vargas. That was expected. It was an exceptional performance by somebody who has to do part-time boxing work. However, Manny Pacquiao has yet to score a knockout since knocking out Miguel Cotto in 2009, November 14th of 2009. Seven years has gone past since Manny Pacquiao has scored a knockout. The other issue with this is 147 is not Manny Pacquiao's best weight. Fighting Floyd Mayweather in a rematch at 147 will lead to the exact same result that we saw in May of 2015 with Mayweather dominating. Yes, and people will pay to see the same thing and then complain afterwards. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao is not a force to be reckoned with at 147. He is a good fighter. He is almost a great fighter, but the threat to Floyd Mayweather that people perceive from Manny Pacquiao was that Manny Pacquiao could overwhelm and eventually knock out Floyd Mayweather with his power. And that's when you go back to David Diaz, Ricky Hatton, yes, Miguel Cotto, which was at welterweight, but everybody else that that Manny Pacquiao beat up on was smaller in the 140 pounds. Floyd Mayweather is not that guy. And if you don't have the knockout threat to to come along with the, the speed and the punching power, you can't beat Floyd Mayweather. So for me... A Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, it makes sense for all the people, for the bank accounts, for the promoters, for everybody to make make money, but it's the same goddamn result. The yeah, same I'd rather see him result. drop down to 140, get that power back, and maybe, just just maybe, beat an up-and-coming Terrence Crawford. Um, I'm still, by the way, picking Crawford in that fight because I'm not batshit crazy. 
But it's, it's a better weight for Manny. It's it's just people are just are low like Manny Pacquiao couldn't finish Jesse Vargas. He knocked him down in the second round, and from there, Manny never really had Jesse in trouble in that fight. He outclassed him. He was faster. He used his angles. Everything that Manny Pacquiao does worked, but it works against a Jesse Vargas. It doesn't work against the Floyd Mayweather. If Manny Pacquiao wants to fight Keith Thurman, I'm here for it. Danny Garcia, I love to see it. And Freddie Roach talked about Canelo Alvarez. Sure, why not? Because I Well, that's a gross mismatch, but okay. Yeah, I mean, sure. If you want to do those fights, do it, right? Mayweather, don't do it. You're not going to win. You can't win. There's no way he can win. He's not hurting Floyd Mayweather. You will never beat the grandmaster in a chess match. you got to take the chessboard and smash it over his head. Pacquiao doesn't have that type of power anymore. But he looked good. You know, he looked good, earned himself another payday. It looks like he'll fight next spring, which looks like April. If it's Mayweather, whatever. But if it's not... I, you know, I don't know. I, I, you, personally, I feel like they need to pony up the cash for him to beat the shit out of Adrian Broner. But that's just me. That's not happening next. Oh, that'd be amazing. You never know. You never know how Broner looks in his next fight. Um, it's not hard to talk Broner into something. I'll tell you that much. True. So it's, it's very possible he's all about the money. Um, the other thing in the boxing world coming up, Andre Ward versus Kovalev. A week away. We'll be there. Um, I'm not hyped for it. I still don't. I still don't feel it. I don't hear any rumblings. I don't know how they're going to pack that place. Um, then again, I didn't know how Manny was going to pack Thompson Mack. He did that shit. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised Pacquiao uh, brought him out. I mean, he's just a senator after all. He's still a goddamn celebrity. But neither Kovalev nor Ward have the star power to fill out T-Mobile Arena and, and get people to pay for this fight. And it's unfortunate because I say week after week, this is a remarkable fight that I really have no idea who's going to win. Um, but we're a week on out. deck, though, by the way. Indeed. We- <laughs> um, indeed. That, yeah, we're a week away from that so we can get dig more into it. But for the sake of the boxing world, you know, if, if you had to pay for a fight, I hope you didn't pay for, to watch the Pacquiao fight and saved your money to pay for uh, Kovalev and Ward. Um, the problem is with Kovalev, Kovalev Ward pay-per-view? Yeah, it is. Oh, I did not know that. I thought it was free television. No, absolutely not. Um, the the oh, bigger my grandma's issue is going to be upset. Well, the bigger issue with Kovalev and Ward is the undercard is a travesty. There is nothing worth. I might not show up to that fight till the main event. Like there's there's <laughs> no. I think Curtis Stevens is on the other card, but there's that is that card is a wreck. It's I got to eat the Shake Shack. That's all I care about. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm gonna go yeah. get my grub on. Not even watch the fights. Chill in the little mezzanine area. Then. Mosey on up to my seat. Um, rough, rough fight. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be crazy. Uh, oh, we have Danny Garcia fighting this weekend, though. How am yes, I just going to so. bypass Danny Garcia? The real <laughs> Philadelphia champion. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes. Keith Thurman's on the call for PBC. I don't know, man. I'm glad I have something else to watch. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be so and go for UFC 205. I'm, I mean, I will record it because the only thing I'm really watching is how long this fight lasts. That's it. Um, other than that, who cares? Oh, if Danny doesn't look anywhere as gear- good as um, Errol Spence looked against him, then we got a problem. Of course, but this is Danny Garcia, who fights to the level of his competition. He should get rid of Samuel Vargas easy, but who the hell knows, Never man? Keith Thurman's trash-talking should be on level 10 during the broadcast, though. So yes, it should be, be pretty significant. Um, might be better than Stephen A. Smith's commentary last weekend. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I haven't even... I haven't 
had a chance to like I was trying to find like an illegal stream something I wanted to hear this but dude my timeline was flooded with people trashing Stephen A. Smith's commentary uh, but that's when you get you know when you have and, and look I don't hate Stephen A. Smith as much as everybody else does I think he's okay and I, I still watch ESPN first take because I'm a, I've always liked Max Kellerman and the Max Kellerman takes him to the woodshed a lot on the show mm-hmm. but from what I heard it was like he was misscoring rounds and he was arguing with Timothy Bradley about the difference between being buzzed and hurt. Like it was just, it just sounded like it was, it was terrible. Oh well, <laughs> first and last. Yeah, Won't I happen. mean they tried, right? They tried, and I think they succeeded. In which I don't think it'll be the last, because there's no such thing as bad publicity. And when you have a show that has no backers, no HBO, no nothing, you need to trend. You need to get ears, and he trended. It wasn't positive, but people cared and people wanted to tune in and find a stream or do something to hear what he was talking about and how bad he was. So he did his job. He did. And, you know, we'll see what happens. It's a damn shame. Then you'll hire you next time. Give you the big bucks. I hope so. <laughs> um, let's take one more quick break. Quick word from our sponsor so we can come back and talk pro wrestling. We have New Japan and WWE. A lot of big stuff happening. NXT was great this week, so we're going to recap all of that real quick when we come back. Stay tuned. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100 day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like 100 days of sleeping. By, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. Shout out to all the sponsors. Thanks again. Thank you guys for staying tuned and listening to the wrestling talk. It comes at the end this week. Um, maybe next week we'll start off with it. Who knows? Survivor Series is coming up right around the corner, and we're going to be prepping for that. But first, we have to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling and their pay-per-view, the last one before Wrestle Kingdom, Power Struggle. I know you couldn't wait to see it. A lot of good stuff happened. It really sets up some um, some good matchups. It blew off a couple good feuds, but it sets up some good matchups for Wrestle Kingdom. Where do you think we go from here? Um, I mean, yeah, it did set up a lot of stuff for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, it, was, it was a good show. It wasn't a great show, but um, it was really good to see Kenny Omega get the pinfall over Okada was, was great. Um, I hope this leads to Kenny Omega getting that title off of Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. 
two pinfalls um, in a row is rough, though. Um, it, it's it doesn't usually happen, but you know it's Omega's a star, dude. Omega is is truly a star, and it's, I think this could be his moment. Okada sat at the top of the Wrestle Kingdom card for the last four years. I want to say they might even be longer. Him and Tanahashi, um, you know the the fuse that, that Okada's had, like he's. He's been the ace of the company between him and Tanahashi, and I think it's Kenny Omega's time, uh, especially after the run that he had through G1. Um, yeah, it's just it was a good match, and we got to see Adam Cole. We got to see a bunch of other people, but I think this is all about Kenny Omega. This is the Kenny Omega show. I think so. Um, for the people listening, if you haven't checked it out, it was Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole, a little bit of ROH uh, mixed into that. So we saw the two Bullet Club leads together with the Young Bucks. And they beat Okada, Goto, uh, Will Ospreay, and someone else. I forgot who the other <laughs> partner else. was. Yo, it is what it is. Um, but it was a good match, good spot fest. Uh, obviously, you know, you have Ospreay in there to do some good spots. Um, and Okada is the rainmaker, man. It was a great match. Probably my favorite. It was just entertaining. I know Andreas isn't for, like, the spot fest, flippity flip shits all the time especially from New Japan. He wants strong style, everything. But I enjoyed this match. Um, match I wasn't really there for. And I started watching. I was like, yo, I kind of got to check out of this. It was uh, Evil versus Shibata. God, you didn't like that match? It was oh, a good match. once again. <laughs> this, oh, my God. Um, it, was, it was very, I don't know, very physical. I didn't like the pacing, man. The pacing I bothered me. Dude, I like these smash. I, I'm a Shibata fan. I like. I was surprised the Evil won, but I like these Smash Mouth matches. Like the, these guys go strong style and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> I I enjoy this. Like I thought this was. It wasn't a great match. It wasn't Shibata's greatest match, but I thought it was a really good match with him and Evil. Um, and Evil taking the Never Title makes things interesting because I don't know who Shibata is, is feuding with in Wrestle Kingdom. Um, he seemed like he was primed for, for a push last year. He ended up with a never title. And so we'll see what happens, you know, heading into Wrestle Kingdom, what goes into 2017 for Shibata, who was battling injuries. But, yeah, whatever, dude. I liked it. It's not your cup of tea, but it is mine. <laughs> uh, Tanahashi match. Cool. Tanahashi wins. I still don't know what he does um, versus Sonata. I don't know what he does going into Wrestle Kingdom, though. Um, well, one... Tanahashi, well, I mean, they, they showed it at the end of the match, what's going to happen. I mean, at the end of the pay-per-view, did you not watch the old thing all the way through? I didn't know there was something else at the end. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I'll get to it in a second. Well, first of all, Tanahashi <laughs> and Sonata was, was, was a playoff of their G1 match that Sonata won. And Sonata has star written all over him. You look at that guy. He's tall. He can wrestle. He has the, those Japanese good looks. He's going to be an ace for this company soon. Um, and the Tanahashi match, I thought it was a really good match. And, you know, Tanahashi got the win rightfully so to set up the match with Naito at Wrestle Kingdom because Tanahashi came out after Naito beat Jay Lethal. And oh, I stopped and, watching. Uh, you moron. You missed it. That's what they teased. Naito versus Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom is probably one of the matches I'm most looking forward to now. Oh, this is like the passing of the torch type joint. Yeah, I mean, because Naito is incredibly over. So, oh, uh, so dope. You know, as a heel, like I said, ever since he got rid of that Starboy crappy gimmick that he had a few years ago and turned heel, he's been remarkable. But um, back to the Tanahashi-Sonata match. This won't be the last time Sonata and Tanahashi wrestle. Uh, Sonata's, like I said, he's a great talent. And uh, Tanahashi's Tanahashi. He's an OG. No, definitely. Um, Naito versus Jay Lethal. 
cool match. I thought it was uh, it was supposed to be Elgin, right? Yeah, Elgin. Michael Elgin got hurt, so they had to bring in Jay Lethal. Um, this match never clicked for me, and it was Jay, weird. Jay Lethal does not fit New Japan style, by the way. Yeah, it's for some. It just didn't work. Like the rest of this card was good, and we'll go back a little bit because we had a, a actually a really good match with Bushi and Kushida for the junior heavyweight title. Um, that Kushida won with the, uh, the his uh, his uh, Kimura. Um, oh, yeah, and, I skipped that. Yeah, you, you skipped that. You skipped the Gorillas of Destiny, who actually had a decent match. I skipped that by on purpose. I, I they, honestly skipped that in real life. Like, they actually had a decent match, and Tama Tonga looked like he could be primed for stardom. He, it, it was what? a good match. Yeah. I'm, look, Tama Tonga, I, I thought, is like the oh, long-lost Ishii's brother. Oh, in a match. Of course you liked it. Okay, I got you. But it wasn't even Ishii. You know, it, was actually, it was actually Tama Tonga who looked great in that match. Um and that, that match within ACH and uh, Tajira Ishimori versus Rapongi Vice, who Rapongi Vice has now changed their names. Uh, and uh, I hate Rapongi Vice. What did they change it to? Because I won't watch it either. It's a uh, oh my god! Why can't I think of it? Oh, I, I see it here. Dun Tonbori Vice. Yeah, and they're and now they're going to wrestle the Bucks at, at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm not a fan of this matchup at all. Um, I'm glad that they're not doing a four way tag team match, but. I have Rapungi Vice versus Young Bucks don't do anything for me. And I, and I think, and I like Trent. I like Trent and PWG, but I'm just not a Rocky Romero fan. So, meh. Well, they, they beat ACH and Ishimori. Um, what else happened? We had some other um, stuff happening. Jushin, on the Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, Ricochet, no, 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 and Finley. That. Is Tiger Mask still, uh, what's his face? Uh, no. I don't know who Tiger Mask was on this night. Okay. Uh-oh. Tiger Mask previously was abushi yeah okay well at the, at the last at the last show yes it was abushi um that would oh, perk my interest too bad we also know. at the end of the uh kushida uh bushi match we found out who the time bomb was for a lot of people were speculating that it could have been like ryback or somebody but it was kamatachi who's been wrestling in roh who's been putting you know has been putting on some great shows and uh, it looks like we're gonna get a kamatachi versus kushida match at wrestle kingdom as well not mad oh. at that well, i'm not bad at that at all that shit should be great yeah, great, great, great. Wrestle great, Kingdom's great. really shaping up to be one of the best cards. I mean, of the year, I guess, but it counts as next year. To me, it never yeah. counts as next year. It feels weird. Uh, I'm still on the WrestleMania timetable, so <laughs> uh, it feels like one of the best cards of this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, people left everything. They haven't missed a beat. Nah, man, New Japan still. Still going, still going strong. You know, with, with guys like Okada still sitting at the top, Tanahashi, Sonata, um, Ishii. I mean, they're they're Naito. They're loaded with talent. Losing Nakamura and Styles in the club, it didn't really affect them. Omega stepped right in, and, and they're fine. The partnership with ROH helps. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, great, great product. You know what was a horrible product? I watched TNA. Just their, oh. like, pop TV no, show I this think, week. No. Damn, that shit's horrible. <laughs> like production, everything. It's bad. Like I was watching this show, I was like, yo, this is the worst production of wrestling on television. Yeah, I, I you know what is funny? I've recorded it. I like I have it on my DVR like the last ten weeks. And then I just delete them all. And then I record them again and I never watch it. Yeah, don't watch that shit. You you waste your time. Um Yeah, nah, I can't. I can't do it, man. It's not not for me. I think personally, Lucha Underground has the best television product right now. Oh, it's the most well produced by far. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this is the opposite end of the spectrum. Jeez, okay. the shit! Well, I couldn't stomach it. I, I was sitting here just in disbelief on how bad it was. 
Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. Um, let's talk about WWE real quick because it's pretty much just all gearing up for Survivor Series. We'll talk more in depth next week, but we'll run down some of the things that have happened and how it is kind of shaping Survivor Series. We won't go just Raw and SmackDown and give full recaps. Um, first off, do you like the return of the Survivor Series styles matches, and are they handling it correctly? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> that didn't take much. All right. Well, because it's like, all right, so you have this. There's not enough tag teams for the tag team matches. Twenty on twenty, which is ridiculous, and like the uh, uh, the Puerto Ricans made it on. They're in this match to be cannon fodder, and yes, not Dominicans, Brizang, by the way. And Brizango is in there. It's like dude, this is stupid. And so like, I think if that, one person from your team gets pinned, your whole team is eliminated. Yeah, they did this years ago in the Survivor Series. So yeah, they're gonna okay. they're gonna go with that format. Um, but my problem my problem is, and I mentioned this, I think either last week or the week before, is that all these, all these Survivor Series matches basically have the same angle. How are these teams going to get along to beat the other side? It's the same thing. It's not like the old school Survivor Series matches when it was the heels versus the faces. That was fun. You know what I'm saying? Like you have the Ultimate Warriors or you have the Hulkamaniacs. Or the, to, like, but now you have these mixed up teams to try to fight for brand supremacy. And it's funny because I actually was watching – I don't know if you remember the pay-per-view, I think it was from 2010 or 2009, called Bragging Rights, when they had Raw versus SmackDown. What? Yeah, and it was like, and they, they would mix up the teams, and how can they guys get along? And it was like really bad. And I think we're going along the same path here. We could get some cool moments, like AJ Styles and Seth Rollins in the ring together would be a great moment. But I don't see a lot of storytelling in these matches. That, that and, and I feel like it puts... Raw and SmackDown in a holding pattern because you got to wait till Survivor Series really to move on. Well, SmackDown doesn't. They, they've immediately they've already the moved on. <laughs> yeah, they, but everybody else is like you're just kind of there. And now it's like Shane McMahon's on Team SmackDown. And it's like what? Why? But I don't know. It's like I like the Survivor Series. I, I wish it was on Thanksgiving. I wish it was the faces versus the heels. And I wish it wasn't as convoluted as it is this year. Um, and then you got Goldberg and Lesnar. I'm just kind of bracing myself for a shitty show. I don't know about you. Uh, with aside from like the Zayn Ziggler match, I'm bracing myself for a pretty bad show. It's not going to oh, be a good show. And Kalisto and Kendrick, because finally Kalisto should get that damn cruiserweight title, bring Smack the cruiserweights to SmackDown. I think that's where it's going, right? It has to, the they, cruiserweights are now on Tuesdays. Right. They're going yeah, to but, bring that, and it gives me hope for Sami Zayn capturing the IC title. Yeah, well, here's my personal take on this and putting on my fantasy booker hat for a minute. I think Zayn beats Ziggler at Survivor Series and then refuses to come back to Raw. That way he's, he, he, he's the Intercontinental Champion. He doesn't have to bring the title over to Raw, but he stays on SmackDown. Well, I think because Raw needs like that, Well, Raw has the United States title. What's the point of having another one? Like the, the IC title should stay where it's at. Just well, Zayn's because- champion. There's people like Sheamus and Cesaro and all these people who are doing shit. They need Don't a get belt. the United States title. There's too many like, people. Too many people doing nothing. They need all the titles, except for the Cruiser. And that's about it. SmackDown is going to be one main title, the Cruiserweights, and they have their own tag team in women's. That's it. Yeah. SmackDown I mean, is developmental. NXT is no longer developmental. SmackDown is four top guys and everyone else is developmental. And James Ellsworth. I, Why dude, is he still there? It, He's a mascot? 
I don't know how people are not tired of this yet. Like, I am so tired of this James Ellsworth thing because, like I said, it just slows down everything. And it's like, all right, he's here. He's a turtle, whatever. And he, like, he does nothing. Like, SmackDown is, okay, bottom line, Raw and SmackDown are really bad right now. Like, they're both really, really bad. SmackDown a little better. SmackDown, I don't even know where, the only thing that makes it better is AJ Styles. Because this whole Wyatt thing with Randy Orton, this is stupid. Because it doesn't make any sense. And having Kane in here, this is dumb. Apollo Crews just lost to Kurt Hawkins. This is stupid. I'll um, never be able to explain that. The weird finish of the Becky Lynch-Alexa Bliss match where Alexa had a foot on the rope with Becky Pender. That was stupid. Um, they're bringing in a fourth announcer for SmackDown. Which just uh, makes me think Morrow's going to leave. Nah, and... he's not going there. They want a four-man booth. And I don't know how you t- tolerate four people talking at the same time unless Otunga's going. That'd be great. <laughs> Get his ass out of there. This, uh, dude, all in all, Raw and SmackDown are, like, it's this the, the dead time, but it's just, they're not good shows. Like, I watched Raw, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, the, the Braun Strowman and the Fatal, the Fatal Five-Way match that they had at the end of Raw, like, it was just all bad. It was, it's... Is there anything to enjoy except for Jericho on Raw? Um, no, the list is still amazing. I am not tired of the list. No, and the fact that he doesn't say it every episode now makes you get hyped because the day, like I said, the day he tells Kevin Owens he's on the list, the crowd is going to <laughs> blow the roof off the building. And it's coming because Owens pinned Jericho. I still think they're going to drag this out. I still think it, this, it, this... it goes at Survivor Series. Nah, I don't think so. I think because, well, you think it's the Rumble match? It could be. It'd I mean, be a great Rumble match just because Kevin Owens has to retain, but it's still a very good angle. Well, there's there's a couple ways you could look at it. There's Because I don't know who's going to be the champion heading into WrestleMania. Like, I'm completely lost at who's going to hold the title. Could it be Kevin Owens? Could Kevin Owens hold this title all the way up until WrestleMania? It's possible. Um, if that's the case, you drag this thing out as far as you can. And you make them tag team champions. I said this before. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho should be tag team champions. Like, you tease these things, but you don't blow them up that soon. Because there's nothing else for anybody to do. Right? So you should have the, the, their friendship be on the ropes for as long as it can until the boiling point where then people lose their shit. Because without them, like, who's Seth Rollins going to feud with after this? It's a good question. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I don't. I don't even know. I don't got an answer for you. And it doesn't feel like that the Kevin's Kevin Owens Jericho Rollins uh, Reigns feud is over. So to so, so to break up Jericho and Owens now Reigns really, needs to be over. By the way, well, it should be, but it leaves Rollins and Reigns with nothing to do. Like to, to, if Owens were to turn his focus to Jericho, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but I don't know because. You know, we still got Finn Balor's comeback is supposedly going to be somewhere around Mania. We got a long way to go, but I just don't think you break up Y2J and Jericho, right? I mean, KO right now. Well, Finn, if he's healthy enough, I can see him winning the Rumble. I don't think he'll be ready for the Rumble. Like, I, dude, I have. He's in a performance center already. Yeah, as far as just I, rehabbing. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, maybe he makes a, a comeback at the Rumble. Because right now, I just don't see. Like, a clear path. Like, I, I don't see AJ Styles losing that title to anybody on SmackDown at all. Like, I see AJ Styles having that, having that title going into WrestleMania. 
Yeah. Because I mean, him there's no one else who can it? take it. I mean, what? Orton, He's, maybe? No, nobody can carry that company except for AJ Styles. AJ Styles is the best thing on television for SmackDown. Might be the best thing on television, period, because Owens has kind of cooled off since becoming champ. They haven't utilized him properly. They haven't they used just, him like, you know, like they have Styles. Styles stands on yeah. his own too now. Styles has just been, he's been excellent. But um, I don't know, man, just the Survivor Series format. I mean, we'll preview it next week, but, you know, uh, the women's match, it's the same thing. How are Charlotte and Sasha going to get along? How are Becky and Alexa going to get along? There's no way that the, the, the SmackDown women should beat the Raw women, by the way. There's but just they no probably way. will. They'll probably go over on it. They probably will. But, but I can't picture Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky getting pinned by those women. I mean, not, and Bailey, not Becky. Uh, I think Charlotte has to get pinned by Becky because champion has to be champion, and then everything outside of that. To toss Who pinned Sasha? Uh, good question. Uh, Charlotte cost Sasha maybe. I mean, like who pins Nia Jax? I don't know her big ass. I don't. I'm just I don't saying. Know. It'd be great if she just cleared out the whole team by her damn self. Yeah, it's Create just a monster it... heel. Nope, they won't do it. Mm-mm. No, it's just it's like I said. I'm not I'm not too excited, and then we might have a terrible match. Um. All the focus, like, without recapping Raw and SmackDown, it was just a waste of time. But all the focus should be on NXT. Yeah, NXT was great this week. Great. Really good, um, yeah. Just watching the opening tag team match, the Authors of Pain can wrestle? Yeah, they, they can wrestle longer than three minutes and actually have a decent match. That spot where I think they threw uh, uh, Gargano into Ciampa when Ciampa was going to dive through the ropes, that was yep. crazy. Bananas, um, they did the simultaneous, they went for the simultaneous power bombs. Uh, turn uh, Gargano and Ciampa turned it into Hurricane Rana's great spot. Um, one of them, I don't know, Razor, I think, caught both of them at the same damn time and did like the Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a Michael Elgin move right there. Yeah, that's what Elgin does yeah. with two of them. I was like, yo, that's bananas. So good spots all throughout. Um, I like the ending, it set up the title match for Love NXT TakeOver. Falls. Yeah. Um, man, there was no losers in that match. I was like, damn, that's a good match. And then we have TM61, who I really like. I didn't think that was their best match, but they had to keep Sanity strong, which they did that. Uh, I would like to see, you know, Sanity get some run singles-wise at NXT TakeOver. It just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Like, Eric Young doesn't have a a true opponent or a feud right now. No, but they can create one for him. I don't think that'll be difficult. Um, so ultimately, I mean, it feels like this is the author of Payne's uh, tag team tournament to lose. As much as we like TM61, author of Payne's just seems like they're going to be the next guys who to be a dominant force as tag team champions. Correct. I could be wrong, but no, I, don't I, I think you're right. I think uh, last year they went with the feel good story of you know Joe and Finn and the fan favorites winning it because it was the inaugural Dusty Classic, but now. It's to put over the next tag team every year in NXT. Yep. And I think that's what Dusty would want. That's the point of these tournaments. Um, no different than, you know, like in New Japan. You put over the next guy. And Authors of Pain, they're the next guys. And I think that's why we see Gargano and Ciampa still in the run for the tag team titles. Because if they take the titles off of the Revival, Authors of Pain will have it by Mania. Indeed. Indeed. So, yeah, I think that's the, the course of action here. Yep. Um, um, knock. I like Crazy Knock before we get out of here. Crazy Knock is way better than Babyface Knock. Yeah, Crazy Knock is. It was, it was just a weird segment. Like, I thought Joe weird. did really well. No, I thought Joe did really well, too. It just felt weird 
because I felt like that this is the type this grudge match is one that garners a stipulation and it doesn't have one. There's and still it one feels, more show. Yeah, but it felt like the, at the contract sign is when they would have added the stipulation. Right? And I don't know what the stipulation would have been. I don't um, know if it would have been a ladder once match. Again, you don't read the dirt sheets, and I shall not spoil this for you, but on next week's show, we will talk about it. I believe if everything is correct, this set the stage for the stipulation to be announced next week, and you'll like the stipulation. Let's just say that. Well, then, well, then there's good. Like, there's great heat between Joe and Nakamura. Um, they have more heat than anybody on any show right now. And they only appear with each other for like five minutes. It's not like Raw where you see Jericho like for an hour and a half of the show. And, but Joe and Nakamura don't need a lot of time to get the job done. Um, and Nakamura beating the hell out of security just, it warms my heart. Yeah, powerbombing that poor guy through the table. Through the table. Um, He's just been whooping security's ass for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, so it all leads to what I figure will be a great match and hopefully it tops their first match because, like I said, I felt like the first match underperformed. They're too good for that. Um, the return bout should be great. So, yeah, I mean, NXT is the thing worth watching. WWE, the product, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. It's just not good right now. No, and we're going to have to be on a freeze again, I fear, for NXT because we'll be at the fight. Oh, you're right. So can't watch it until Sunday. <laughs> no spoilers from anyone who listens to the podcast. Thank you very much. We will not be watching it live. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yep. Uh. Happens to us again. Um, that's this week's show, though, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's going to be a great weekend with UFC 205. We can't wait to come back next week and recap everything. Um, reminder, once again, we're having our award show coming up in about a month's time. We're going to be putting feelers out there for any MCs, anyone, you know, trying to blow up, anyone, fans of podcasts, to come on our ciphers. I'll be doing that here in a second and coordinating that. So that should be really dope. Um, I think that's the only big thing. Oh, Thanksgiving's coming up. So, you know, I got to talk crazy shit again. I just got my invite to my girlfriend's Thanksgiving party again. Her family oh, joined. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> this year on the invite, mac and cheese is an option. It is an e-invite, and you br- you got to put what you're bringing. Last year, there was no mac and cheese on there. I had to do a write-in ballot. That's this year, crazy. It's on there. And I might not even bring it this year. But I, I'm telling you, I've changed a culture in that household. They now respect <laughs> mac and cheese for the holidays. Green bean casserole, by the way, for all my people who commented last year, is still on the list. Oh, man. I don't understand well, it. That's Dif- a fight. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> uh, clear, clearly, evidently. Uh, make sure everybody follows us on social media at the corner LSN on all platforms. Shout out to all the other LSN podcasts doing big things, live shows. Everyone's taking off. I just got to give them a major shout out. We have to start getting um, our other host on the network on again as guest, so they can share their combat sports and just hip hop takes and just chop it up with us. So we'll do that as well in the future. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. At Kel Dansby on all platforms. Yep, and me at Andreas Hale. You know it. Yep, we'll try to get through this weekend um, without crying over the election. UFC 205 should help that greatly. Um, once again, that's what sports are here for. They're games, and they take our mind off of everything else. So immerse yourself in combat sports this weekend. Have fun. Gear up for a fun week next week as well. Until then, though, we're out. Peace. Okay, let's say you're on vacation or out running errands and you want to see what's going on at home. Or you're at home and you want to see what your dog's getting up to downstairs. With self-protection from Xfinity, you can keep an eye on things no matter where you are with live and recorded video. 
all on your terms. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash self-protection. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires Xfinity Internet and compatible XFi gateway. Professional monitoring not included.